0: Good morning. Welcome to the show. It's Wednesday, January the 11th. It's actually brightening up quite nicely here in TW 11 and we'll be getting plenty more sunshine later in the show because we'll be heading to the Gold Coast to catch up on all the activity from the Magic Millions, the sales and the racing at the weekend with Channel 7's Lizzie Jelfs. We'll be in Hong Kong with J.A. McGrath later in the program as well. I'm to Ireland to Jim Bolger to pay tribute to one of his most important owners of the early 90s, Virginia Craft Payson, who died in the United States yesterday at the age of 92. What a life uh, she had and what a career as an owner and breeder. First, however, we're going to talk about the latest Cheltenham Festival entries that have come out for the major Grade 1 Hurdle races, the Champion Hurdle, the Stayer's Hurdle, and the Mayor's Hurdle, and there's clearly some cross-pollination in a few of those. And there are a few things to raise your eyebrow. Um, Cornelius Lysett joins me today. Cornelius, what's caught your eye most?
1: Well, the, the, the top news line, I suppose, people have been talking about is this oversight by Nicky Henderson that Epitom, the 2020 champion hurdler and um, two-time mayor in the frame in the champion hurdle, clear second best in the UK behind Constitution Hill, uh, hasn't been entered for the alternative, uh, the the mayor's hurdle, the Close Brothers' mayor's hurdle. But she is still a possible runner. Nikki Henderson making a point of, of saying, you know, she should definitely be in the betting for the race because the intention will be to pay the £4,600 supplementary fee. He says he'll pay it himself. He says he's embarrassed. Uh, I think it's one of those things, isn't it? Uh, But inevitably, that has caught the eye. 17 in the unit bet, champion hurdle in all. Five trained by Willie Mullins, uh, including State Man, terrific at Leopardstown. Two from Henry de Bromhead, including Honeysuckle. uh, Two from Gordon Elliott. So that's uh, a big proportion. Uh, nine out of 17 uh, from Ireland. Constitution Hills, seven to two on favourite with Fitstairs. So that's, I suppose, the story around the, the champion hurdle leading into the mayor's hurdle. Uh, Marie's Rock, favourite for that one, ahead of uh, Love Envoy, Love Envoy, whichever you prefer. So impressive last weekend. That one, though, in the champion hurdle as well. would be fascinating to see whether they get tempted into that particular possibility. Honeysuckle in the mayor's hurdle. Uh, as well, and uh, th- uh, definitely worth mentioning uh, the the Paddy Power Stairs, a small, a pretty small entry. Um, I think it's twenty eight, isn't it? Uh, Flooring uh, Porter going for another success, but you know horses like Monkfish and Chacon Porsoir in there who presumably won't be uh, taking part. So um, Paisley Park, the leading British contender, good to see Buzz in there as well. Uh, hasn't raced since the Coral Hurdle at Ascot. Of the autumn of 2021, I just find that rather rather disappointing and rather surprising about the stayers hurdle. Florin Porter is clearly an outstanding uh, champion, but um, you know I'm, I'm surprised a few more haven't had a go, and that seems a small and disappointing entry. But that's uh, that's one of the strands as we uh, look forward to the big hurdle races
0: between the 14th and the 17th of March at Cheltenham. So as you said, Cornelius, one of the intriguing entries is Love Envoy yes a big player in the mayor's hurdle no doubt but also been put in the champion hurdle maybe she'd be better over two miles how tempted is harry fry i've been talking to him
2: um i think it is just um yeah insurance policy i suppose the mayor's hurdle is very much um the target and uh, but obviously yeah uh, it's still two months to go so um why why not it, it's uh Keeps the dream alive, anyway. Um, so, if nothing else, so it gives the owner's something to dream about. So, if they weren't excited enough, just having a champion hurdle entry. But um, no, mayor's hurdle, all being well, is 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 very much uh,
0: plan A. Uh, is there something in your mind that says you think she might still have two miles as her optimum trip? Is that part of the thinking behind sliding her into the champion?
2: Um, I suppose. Yeah, I think. I mean. Uh, I kept getting asked whether we we're going to stick her in the stairs, and I think, Christ, well, definitely not. I'd, I'd rather and I, I spoke to Noel yesterday. I said, "Well, or on Tuesday. Well, what do you think um, uh, with um, with the other entries?" Because I said, I, I, "I definitely don't want to run her over over three. Um, I'd sooner run her in the champion." And so that's why we, we stuck her in there because, yeah, I mean, she won the the mayor's novice over two miles, um, and uh, yeah, yeah. I would sooner come back in trip on on very testing ground than I would go go up in up in trip with her at the moment. The way she sort of travels through her races, and um, but uh, obviously, I mean, she she did it very nicely on on Saturday at Sandown. Um, Travel jumped into into sort of contention down the back and, and put the race to bed quite early. So um, yeah, we're just delighted with the progress she's making, and and hopefully she can continue on that upward curve. Um, the way and uh, up to including March which you need to be um, need to do in order to, to be be competitive because yeah. <laughs> the mayor's hurdles looking particularly strong this year for sure
0: uh, yeah yeah Epiton has to be supplemented we know that now but yeah on the proviso that she is it's gonna it's gonna look a particularly good one um, I gather you're gonna run her again in the interim
2: Yes, that's the plan. I mean, it, it's uh, she thrived on her racing last season and um, uh, it, it seems to work for her and uh, the races are there to, to, to run in and um, there's that listed Mayor's Hurdle at Warwick uh, on, the, on the 11th of Feb. So, all being well, we'll, we'll go there. It's, uh, Marie's Rock um, used that as a stepping stone prior to, to winning the Mayor's Hurdle last year. I don't know whether she's going to go go the similar route again. It could be quite a good... Um, could be quite a competitive stepping stone trial trial if, if she does but um yeah i, I don't know but for us it, it works well with with love and boy um uh she yeah seems to thrive on on the racing
0: as i said just looking to the, the betfair hurdle which will be on the same day as you send her to warwick which uh, i'll uh be a, a pretty interesting one for you you've got three entries there Metier Jin Coco my type Gin Coco is um, much the shortest of the three they're all interesting in their own way would you intend to run them all
2: um well Jin Coco definitely um all been well that's the plan to, for him to run there obviously last seen finishing runner-up in the in the greatwood um clear of the third so um uh I, I winced as i awaited the or rang the handicapper the following uh, <laughs> following week but we i think we only got four pounds so i was quite relieved at that um so yeah no we deliberately said we Sort of freshen them up and go there, target the the Betfair um, with with obviously other other good races to come hopefully in the spring. Um, the Meta TA and and Mai Tai are uh, both due to run at Lingfield's Winter Million fixture next weekend, and then I suppose on the back of how they get on, we'll, we'll decide
0: um, whether whether we take in in the Betfair hurdle with either either of those two. Uh, and it might not be the only valuable handicap hurdle you win this year. Dubrovnik Harry's in the Lanzarote. He's always a horse you've thought an awful lot of. Are you just getting there again with him?
2: Uh, I hope so. um I mean we was we've run one so far this year over fences, um, and I mean uh, boot Hill was was sort of gay on the experience of what we we sort of learned last year. Um, his chasing debut didn't quite go to plan, we reverted to hurdles just gave him that bit more time and and he's sort of had a a fantastic campaign to date uh, Mm -hmm. over over fences this year and we just felt Dubrovnik was in a similar sort of position that chasing didn't Debut at Exeter didn't quite go as as well as we hoped, and and felt actually a bit more time won't won't hurt him, and and hopefully there's more to come uh, over the smaller obstacles, and um, I think it'll be interesting, definitely on on Saturday, and and potentially we've got him as sort of a, a, a temp horse um, after that, run him in a qualifier at Exeter in, in February, and 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 possibly go to Thames finals so um, yeah we think hopefully that there's more to come um, and and yeah as you said there's some competitive handicap hurdles to, to run in uh, with him and uh, hopefully he can he can be just that uh, and, and, and go very close in one or either of those races I mentioned
0: What are you going to do with Boot Hill?
2: Uh, where he is hopefully going to go to Doncaster uh, for the Grade Two Lightning Chase, um, as long as John Bond doesn't turn up there, and uh, and I think we'll probably uh, then give him the entry in the Arkle because he is only a novice once, and uh, we'll see near the time whether whether we do take a chance in in that race or, or wait for in, entry. Um, I mean, obviously he's had a fairly busy campaign so far, um, but he's again he seems to be doing well for it and um i think we've got to make the most of him being being a novice um this year it will be be much tougher for him out oh. of out of novice company next season so that's why we're looking to to go to doncaster and and then possibly cheltenham and Aintree. so uh but uh couldn't be more pleased with with how his
0: campaign's gone gone thus far and just finishing where we started if it bucketed down for a week before the cheltenham festival and Love Envoy bolted up at Warwick and looked even better. How tempted would you be, do you think, to go to go champion?
2: Uh, well, it would be a nice nice dilemma to have, that's for certain. Um, uh, I mean, it, the, the weather, the ground came right for us last year. Um, I suppose, yeah, well, that's why we put her in, because never say never. So um, it's, it, there's an outside possibility um so we'll see nearer the time um how it's all shaping up how all the the opposition shaping up etc um but yeah uh, that would be a nice nice decision to have to make that's for certain
0: trainer harry fry there not entirely ruling out the idea that love envoy could run in the champion hurdle well of course because she's got the entry but you sort of think if if it rained a lot as i said to him there cornelius they'd mm. be they'd be half tempted
1: well, they, they they have to be. She seems to me to be such a sort of
0: complete
1: racehorse. If you were the uh, the syndicate owner running the syndicates that uh, own the horse, you've got a you've got a balance, haven't you? That thought we'll have a go at Constitution Hill and and State Man and and Honeysuckle maybe on that uh, side of things, but equally. Uh, if we go to the the mayor's hurdle we'll have a, a right chance and our members will be very pleased and they'll be looking forward to the future but you know, there's plenty of time for Harry and, and Noel and everyone else to make up their minds but these are a really interesting times for um for everyone to do
0: with uh, with
1: that horse uh, have we got to sort out whether it's love envoi, love envoy
0: I thought it was envoi allen because the horse had come from France and I was happy with envoi allen this one Hasn't come from France. Has come from Ireland. I, I love envoy. Just tips off the tongue better than love envoi, doesn't it?
1: I, I'm I'm so aware of examples like my late mother saying to me one day, somebody who had a vague interest in racing, but uh, but certainly not a, a, a weekly one, let alone a daily one. And uh, I remember at one stage we used to talk about, some people talked about A.P. McCoy and some people talked about Tony McCoy. And she said, are they two different people? Which, you know, on the face of it sounds like possibly a stupid question, but on the other hand, just it shows that when people come along and say, you know, the problem about your sport is it's so complicated. It makes things so difficult for so many people. It's so difficult to follow if you're not involved every single day. It's that type of thing, I think, which becomes a bit harder to defend.
0: I know, I know I'm know, i pronouncing monkfish, monkfish. Uh, I, Are you? Not yeah. monk?
1: No, no, you're, you're uh,
2: right. Uh, and,
0: shaka, and shakan pour soi, not shakun pour soi. <laughs> I You mentioned I, the reason I mentioned them is you mentioned them at the top of the show. I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if either one or both of those turned up in the Stayers Hurdle. Willie Mullins well, has done it before with Chasers going back hurdling. If he if he thinks the option is if he thinks the race is there for the taking, yeah, he yeah. might just have a dart. Same monkfish. He got he got him really fit and well, but he didn't want to go Gold Cup straight off the bat. I could see him sliding him in there.
1: Well, uh, and of course you're right. And Paul Nichols is another example of a trainer that ha- that likes to have all options open because. Yeah. You know, when you get right to the crunch time before the festival, you need a, a, a wide range of races to, to look at and consider. Just just a word about Paisley Park. I've been really stri- I had a long conversation with Emma Lavelle, Paisley Park's trainer, a day or two ago. And her enthusiasm about this horse uh, was was really striking. She, she's not quite so pleased about how, how some of the other horses are running, and uh, and I hope he gets there, full of beans and 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 flying because they, they really think they've got him at the top of his game at the moment, and that that's just a real sight to behold. The horse, good 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 horse, good ownership story, good trainer story. Uh, Aidan Coleman and the horse get on so well, so we're really looking forward to Paisley Park in the in the weeks ahead, and then
0: um, hopefully
1: at um, Cheltenham on the
0: 16th. Uh, yesterday, Cornelius at, at Doncaster will mount won the. Uh, national hunt flat race nothing extraordinary about that he was a 5-2 to two favorite but for the fact that he's owned by a uh, surrey-based uh, investment manager ollie harris who's got a lot of horses with gary moore he paid three hundred and forty thousand for this horse sent him to neil mulholland and he won it was a key day for mulholland because he's been badly out of form and it was part of a double for him as well his comments afterwards were interesting to say the least what did he say
1: he said to the assembled media it's not just people who are struggling with sniffy colds uh, this winter he said um, numbers wise we're having a good season 42 winners he plenty of uh, success but three weeks ago and this I think is the the crucial thing that that trainers just have to somehow try and deal with it was minus eight three weeks ago he said at his stables which are close to Bath in in the southwest of England it was minus eight and then it was 10 degrees celsius Um, uh, look what it does to humans everyone has got a sniffly nose I can guarantee a lot of horses across the country have the same thing. And um, talked about Emma Lavelle there. When we were chatting, she said that she didn't um, think that she could remember. She's been, unbelievably, she's been training 25 years. And she said during that time, she didn't think that she could remember uh, a situation in midwinter where so many trainers... Uh, were were really suffering from with horses with sniffles she said she'd got through the angry stage and now she's the resigned and waiting for it all to blow through type of stage
0: well there were few people in the racing world as as multi-talented as virginia craft payson who died yesterday at the age of of 92 established a, a major stud farm in in kentucky but more than that she was a senior staff writer on sports illustrated for many years um she was a philanthropist she knew all sorts about everything particularly sport and she's best known in horse racing for having uh, owned the uh, european champion of 1992 Saint javik the runaway irish derby and King George VI and Queen Elizabeth Diamond Stakes winner, who was trained by Jim Bolger, who joins me now. I know little about Mrs Payson apart from what I've read, Jim. You knew her and trained for her. What sort of person was she?
3: Uh, Well, first of all, I'd like to express my sympathies to uh, her husband and daughters. Um, She was a lovely woman. Uh, We got along very well, and... uh, she sent me some very good horses uh i wouldn't have been known as a trainer of derby winners at that stage so uh it was nice that that uh, she showed enough confidence in me to send the horses
0: and she clearly had an an extraordinary life and knew an awful lot about an awful lot of things and what 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 did you know of her as a person uh um,
3: we knew plenty, she used to stay with us when she come over so uh, uh, her her whole life was out there on a continuous basis and uh, uh, Jackie and I were amazed at uh, everything that she had achieved and of course uh, she hadn't just stopped at that stage, she was still achieving. Uh, she was great company um, and a great mixer and uh, she she loved life uh n- never moaned about anything even though at that stage i think uh she had lost two husbands but uh uh she seemed to cope very well with the setbacks and uh she was a very um optimistic person uh as i suppose most per- most people reading uh, thoroughbreds have to be optimistic but uh, she was unusually optimistic but she had all her homework done and i'd say uh, she was studying the uh, thoroughbred business long before she got into it and uh, i wouldn't say she was an overnight success but she didn't make too many mistakes at the beginning
0: well she had some very good horses in america as well Cardenascra, le carrière being another one but you trained the best one um saint javit the european the european champion what made him so good for those who can't remember him or, or don 't remember him he
3: he was a very uh, he he was a champion middle distance horse uh he really excelled from a mile and a quarter to a mile and a half um the only unusual thing about him was that uh He preferred top of the ground and uh, he preferred to go right-handed. Even though he was a very good ride and to ride him in a straight line, uh, you'd never know that he had a preference. But uh, uh, we were to find out as we went racing with him uh, that his um, uh, preference was to go right-handed and on top of the ground. And I would go as far as saying that uh, he was unbeatable, going right-handed, uh, on good ground.
0: My thanks to trainer Jim Bolger with his memories of Virginia Craft-Payson, who's died at the age of 92, and saint the horse that he trained for her to be European champion in 1992. Cornelius, do you, do you have fond memories of saint Well, you, you, You'd have been at the BBC by then, wouldn't you?
1: Yeah, and I was at, at that derby, and I remember being um, relatively new uh, new in the game. Jim Jim Bulger himself at the time wasn't wasn't the name that he is today uh, but he was always a good story he you know he always did things his way but um you know that that was one of the early uh, early moments that he played a big part on a big
0: stage i'm talking of irish trainers who are seeking to play a big part on a big stage step forward charles burns who's had a, a mixed couple of years he he's back in the big time and could be back in the big time on the flat Cornelius with Sonny Boy Liston a,
1: a fabulous uh trainer more associated with jumpers than uh than than flat racing you know did win the did win the Cesarewich uh in in the autumn there have been a few twists and turns Sonny Boy Liston uh had plenty of success with Johnny Murta, has been bought to join him and there it's reported today uh that um he could be in action in Dubai they're talking about the Dubai Gold Cup in the spring for that particular horse so that's a, a slightly different route for uh, for Charles and his team to be going down. But this is a story that has is absolutely full of success, full of twists and turns, as I say. But uh, most of those turns have been on the positive side. And it'll be fascinating to see how he
0: and Sonny uh, Boy Liston um, get on. All right, quite a significant boon there for Charles Burns. And that came straight off the news yesterday that Blazing Carl was only 50-50, to make the stairs hurdle for the same stable. Staying in Ireland and a, an interesting story and one that hopefully will inspire others. And that is that Arc Equine have come together with NACE Racecourse to create an inclusive menu for all stable staff, including halal and vegetarian food, as well as special dietary requirements. The stable staff can go online and pre-order the food they want prior to race days to ensure it's there for them. To tell me a little bit more, I'm joined by Arc Equine's Kirsty McCann. Kirsty, just tell me how this came about.
4: Um, this has been over a year in the planning, I suppose. We launched Arc Equine in October um, 2021, and as part of our launch plan, we looked at ways to raise brand awareness around Arc Equine. Um, we're very lucky that NACE Racecourse approached us at the time to look at doing some race sponsorship, and um, for us as a new company, Race sponsorship was great, but what we wanted was something that would give us exposure directly to our customers for more than just the 10 minutes of that race or whatever. So um, with NACE Racecourse, we looked into various ways of having branding around the racecourse, and we came up with this idea of subsidizing the groom's canteen for the full 12 months of 2022. Um, So as part of that, what we did was we paid for half of every meal that was bought through the Groom's Canteen and Nace Racecourse. So that went really, really well. But halfway through the year, um, on a just a normal visit into a yard as part of my daily job, I spoke to a trainer who complimented us on the initiative, but also highlighted that he had um, Muslim staff that never ate at any racecourse in Ireland because they couldn't be guaranteed a meal that would meet their dietary requirements. So for me, having had a long history within racing and I was stable staff for a number of years, um, it really hit home to me because I know how long those days can be and I know how tiring they can be and it just seems like it should be something simple that's available to everybody who goes racing, that there is a meal that suits what they need. So that then took us to ask questions in other yards and we learned very quickly that This was a problem and an issue that needed to be looked at the diversity of our stable staff. So, everything from religious dietary requirements down to celiacs, gluten intolerance, dairy intolerance, nut intolerance. So, we went back as part of our 2023 marketing campaign and we looked at what worked for us, what didn't work for us. NACE definitely worked for us. It was a direct link into our customer base. um, And it was really nice to be able to give something back into the industry. So, I approached Eamon and the team in Nace and they were so on board with this idea of improving and having a more inclusive menu in the groom's canteen so we're very proud of what we've done we've kind of drilled down into the detail everything down to you know the period of Ramadan you know being able to have takeaway boxes for those people who are participating in Ramadan and being able to take their meal home and having it at a time that suits them Um, And we're so lucky that we are a really close-knit community in Irish racing and it's been really, really well received and it's lovely that the first person to avail of this was actually that one member of the Stable Staff that it was brought to me originally about that he never ate at a race course and he had a vegetarian meal at Nace on Sunday, which was brilliant.
0: Kirstie McCann there and full marks to Ark Equine for their support of NACE Racecourse and to the racecourse themselves for embracing this this concept. And fingers crossed, everyone who has been to NACE Racecourse in the last few months has found themselves better fed and duly more satisfied. Right, let's head to Hong Kong and J.A. McGrath.
5: Nick, one of the great comeback stories in Hong Kong racing this season has been that of Karis Teton, the jockey they call the Mauritian Marvel. Karis has been riding in Hong Kong coming up to 10 years now, and in that time he's ridden over 550 winners. This season has been an interrupted one for him, however, all because of a thyroid issue which kept Karis on the sidelines for three months. Because of this medical condition, the vigorous lightweight missed two important big wins on budding champion Romantic Warrior. James MacDonald, the reigning Long Jeans World's Best Jockey, stepped in for the two wins on the star, including the Hong Kong Cup on International Day at Sha Tin last month. But I'm pleased to say that horse and rider have been reunited. Owner Peter Lau and trainer Danny Shum have remained loyal. And yesterday, Romantic Warrior had a nice warm-up over five furlongs on Sha Tin's straight turf course, and all were in agreement that this was just what was required to bring Romantic Warrior to his peak for what everybody hopes will be the race of the season. That is, of course, the Stewards Cup over a mile at Sha Tin two weeks on Sunday. That's January the 29th. We might have mentioned that before in this segment. Karras has ridden nine winners since he returned to the saddle, and he gave notice that he was as good as ever with a treble at Happy Valley two weeks ago. I can see him riding at least another two winners on today's tricky nine-race card at the Valley. Namely, perfect to great, who looks good value in a Class 4 handicap, which is Race 6, so Race 6, number 10, Perfect to Great, sent out by Casper Founds to beat number 3, Lucky Gold. And later, Race 9, number 10, How Deep is Your Love, to record back to back wins for trainer John Size, taking him in multiples, including a tote swinger, with number 11, Savvy Chic. And as for the main attraction, the Group Three January Cup, which is race seven, I fancy Sylvester D'Souza Souza to win this on the five-year-old New Zealand import Number Two Money Catcher ahead of eight Rise Brethren. So two and eight in the January Cup. That's all on the Hong Kong beat this week. I'll have more for you next week.
0: Well, if you if you hadn't noticed, it is Magic Millions week on the Gold Coast in Australia at the moment. And given it's so bleak and drab here in the in the UK, I thought it was a, a good idea to try and get a shaft of sunlight into this show. And to that end, it's great to welcome Channel 7 and Racing.com's Lizzie Jelfs to the show, who's also a Bloodstock advisor, a Bloodstock consultant, and runs her own syndicates as well. So she's been very active at the Magic Million sales over the last couple of days, and will be on the Channel 7 broadcast of the Magic Millions races this weekend. Uh, Lizzie, just for, for those who aren't familiar with this whole carnival of racing and sales, I'm guessing it's like nothing else quite uh, anywhere in the racing world. Just kind of describe the whole the whole vibe to us.
6: I think probably in a nutshell, Nick, it's all about Australia. It's everything that everyone looks back on Australia and thinks that we are. We've got the sun up here on the Gold Coast. The horses gallop on the beach for the barrier draw there's wonderful weather great prize money and there's a really fantastic sale where there is some great bloodstock and with the magic millions they've Being able to initiate a race day. So all Magic Millions graduates, whether that's here on the Gold Coast or whether that's over in Adelaide, you are able, or Perth, you're able to run in the race series. So it really captures everyone to buy horses, to get involved in what is such a a wonderful week of racing. So yeah, it's it's a very, very um, exciting time of year and everyone gets up here and everyone enjoys it, whether you're an owner, a breeder or just a racing fan.
0: Now, given how much money australian interests are spending in european sales houses it shouldn't come as a surprise that you're spending a lot of money back home how is this sale stacking up in terms of its relativity to what's gone before
6: yeah it's a it's a great sale really strong sale so far and we saw a little bit of you know in conclusive sales yesterday but they really got stuck in today and there's a top lot of 2.6 million that was from Widden Star, Zoo Star, um, Philly by out of Solar Charge, who was bought by Liu Long Investment. So it's a it's a very very strong sale. The median price is up, and uh, there's lots of opportunities to get in at every single level. But as you would imagine, there's the good horses with the nice pedigrees are all being sold and, and hotly contested.
0: And we saw, of course, that, that Yulong bought a whole stack of horses at the European Yearling Sale and came in for, for alcohol free as, as she's about to begin her career for, for Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott. I mean, just how strong a force in, in Southern Hemisphere and, and Australian bloodstock are, are Yulong now?
6: Extremely strong. They're at the top of most of the buying, especially at the mayor's sale as well. We saw them really active at Magic Millions during the Mayor's sale in June. Uh, they bought Away Game, who was a Group 1 winner for 4 million. Um, they also bought Tofane as well, who was a Group 1 winner uh, for Mike Moroni. So she won a stride break. So it's, she, they're very, very active and very strong, especially in that mayor market. And um, it doesn't look like it's ceasing anytime soon.
0: Lizzie, you're advising and buying for for private clients as well as trying to to stock for your own uh, race with with Lizzie Syndicate. Uh, Are you managing to get a look in given the strength of the market?
6: Uh, First day, I I was... I uh, always find it a little bit daunting. I was underbidder on one and got blown out the water on a couple. I usually set a pretty um, conservative budget. That's what I'm, especially if I'm trying to fill its syndicate clients as well. I know there's a certain price point where we want to encourage people to get involved. But I was able to uh, walk away with three horses. One uh, for Peter Ty. He um, is, of course, famous for his wonderful mare uh, Winks. And um, we were able to... Uh, purchased a really nice exceedance filly out of um, a stakes-winning mare, Pussycat Dreams from Vinery Stud. So I was really pleased for him to, to grab that filly. She was lovely and loved everything about her from the farm visits. And then... Seeing her on the complex, and I was very nervous whether we were going to get her. But Pete came in at just at the right time at two sixty, um, and uh, if it was you know two it was sorry two fifty. If he went in at two sixty, it was going to be the Winks price tag. So I was <laughs> looking forward to that. But uh, then I was able to purchase a couple of other um, horses, so you think Philly in a pride of Dubai Philly for at the syndication, and yeah, they're pretty much all sold. So everyone really wants to get involved, Nick. It's just one of those. Sales where everyone is excited and captured by the whole event that is Magic Millions Week.
0: And what about the race day at the weekend? You'll be on the Channel 7 broadcast. Um, what's it looking like? How's it shaping up?
6: It's a very even year this year. Usually there's a real standout. Last year it was and gatta. She was the standout of the year and um, it was hard to see her getting beaten and Russian Conquest was able to sort of narrowly uh, get within I think it was half a length of her, but this year it does look as though it's a lot more even. The The actual race day is really fascinating though, because there's been a few new races added to the program. Of course, you've got uh, the syndicators race, which I thought was a really good initiative. So that's for horses that have got 20, um, 20 individual names in them. So it's really encouraging the syndicators to buy at the sales and then get their horses ready for this syndicators race so uh, that's been a good addition and then obviously the prize money for the uh, Magic Millions two-year-old is two million dollars and the three-year-old guineas is also two million dollars with the Magic Millions cup a million Uh, you've got the snippets was a million dollars and the sub-zero at a million dollars as well and fillies and there so lots of great prize money around and a lot of uh, really good initiative to buy at the sale reinvest and have your horses coming back not just as two-year-olds but as older horses as well
0: and looking at the at the week as a whole, I, I've just seen some of the coverage of some of the events that have been happening. I, I saw there was a race down the beach where a couple got loose and started galloping through the streets, and uh, all sorts of crazy goings on. Yeah,
6: that doesn't usually happen. Um, that's actually never happened before. But yeah, there was a little bit. I think a few of those jockeys and. Uh, celebrities got a bit of white line fever and started getting a bit excited and unfortunately couldn't put the brakes on by the time they got to the end of the, the beach race. And then a few went over their heads and uh, the others decided to trot off into uh, the suburbs of the Gold Coast.
0: But it, but it is a big celebrity and lifestyle event, isn't it?
6: It is, yeah. And Katie Page uh, has made sure that that is what is meant to be first of all it's family that is at the core of the event and then there is the fact that you have all these different um, events and activations around the gold coast the show jumping uh the polo it's a big day and then they had um some drinks afterwards as well and, and a, a, s- a local singer so it's really important to katie to make it into an event and she's got some ambassadors that she called the magic millions family um which uh, have been coming back year after year and of course zara tindall's one of those people she's been partnering with magic millions or with katie i should say for over 10 years so She is really passionate about Magic Millions and new ideas. And and over the next few years, I think it's going to develop even more. There's talk of a nighttime race. We've got uh, lights going up at the um, uh, Gold Coast Turf Club. So there's a lot to look forward to for the future. And um, I think you should just watch this space. And you probably should get on down here, Nick.
0: I don't think I'll need much encouragement. Lizzie, thanks so much. (laughs) Thanks. Well, thanks to Lizzie and all my guests. We'd love to be on the Gold Coast right now. one um, equine star who is uh, moving countries is hot rod charlie who retired after a 19 race career in america not many horses of his caliber and um, distance requirement race 19 times nowadays he did including eight times as a three-year-old uh, he was very rarely out of the frame he knocked together seven consecutive racing post rating in the low to mid 120s again not many horses do that and he's he's off to japan and you got a horse of that level of toughness, Cornelius. I'd have thought there's a fair case for a, st- a stallion station in Kentucky to be making a play of him, but somehow... The Japanese always get the ones that are the that are the soundest. This is
1: another string to their bow, isn't it? Japanese racing continues, you know, spectacular couple of years uh, overseas as well as at home. Here, here's a horse off to Japan. The way the the narrative has gone, the way the the story has gone, uh, as far as Japanese racing is concerned in recent years, there's every chance that that horse will have stacks of success there. And I wonder whether there will be a few. A few stallion uh, a few stud farm owners in, a, in America in a year or two's time who wonder whether they should have been um, a little bit keener than obviously they
0: were yeah and a complete outcross for all those sunday silence line mares as well so that'll be uh, in his in his favor have you got a tip for me for this afternoon yeah um
1: um I think probably go for this evening on the basis it's six o'clock um uh, I'm, I, I love when I'm trying to to find a horse to follow to to try and second guess what jockeys are up to when they travel a long way for, for uh, just a couple of one or a couple of rides. And it could be relevant that Jason Hart, fresh from 103 domestic uh, winners and heading for £2 million in prize money in 2022, all that success uh, with Highfield Princess travels south to Kempton for two, I think, and in the six o'clock, because of the red-hot form of trainer Gay Kellaway, I'm going to go for number one Phoenix there. Finished second at Savile last time out. A mention of Highfield Princess uh, makes me um, just uh, recall that Highfield Prince ran with a, a degree of promise on debut in a bumper race at Doncaster yesterday. Again for owner-breeder John Fairley and the Trainers House Enterprises. So, just I suspect they're going to be having some fun with Highfield Prince as well as Highfield Princess. But Highfield Princess's rider Jason Hart at Kempton tonight, six o'clock, number one
0: Phoenix. Cornelius, thank you very much. Thank you very much for listening. That was Wednesday, the 11th of January. We'll be back again to do it tomorrow. Bye bye. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with FitzDares, the Racehorse Owners Association, and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary.